secrets of success. What's up, everybody? This is Russell. Welcome back to the Secrets of Success members only podcast. Um, this episode is actually module number one of the training. So if you've actually gone into the Secrets of Success membership site and you've watched module number one, you've already heard this episode. But experience shows me that about 10 to 15% of you actually go and watch the modules in the members area. And so I am going to be spoon feeding module number one directly to you here through the members only podcast with a goal to get you excited to log back in the members area, go watch the videos, go download the workbook, do the actual homework, come show up in the community, talk about it, like brainstorm about these topics with all the other members. Uh, Cause if you do that, it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that said, this very first presentation, um, I'm going to kind of tell a back, uh, you know, backstory about success and what I, the definition of success and what it is. And then from there, we're going to talk about the calling that you have to do something amazing. And then we're going to talk about the resistance that's holding you back and how to fight against that resistance. And so that's what we're coming here on module number one here inside the Members Learning Podcast. Like I said, listen to this. If you get half as excited as I am, then jump in the members area, go watch the videos, download the workbook, jump in the community and have some fun with everybody else. Thank you guys so much. And I hope you enjoy this episode called The Resistance. The topic I want to talk about today, uh, something called the calling versus the resistance, okay? And, um, and so we're going to go deep into both these different parts. But before we do, my first question I want to ask you guys is, what does success mean for you? Like, what is your definition of success? Okay, everyone's got different definitions. In fact, when I was like researching this, I was trying to find out like, like what does success actually mean? It was interesting because there's so many people that had a, a definition and they were all different. And I was like, man, this is hard. Like I can't like, we're gonna like secrets of success. We're gonna help you to be successful. And they're like, what does success mean? Like, well, it's different. Like I'm right now, you guys, there's freedom. Um, there's, um, there's, uh, everyone's got different, different things like, like uh, not to spend money, uh, knowledge of success, uh, fulfillment, uh, serving other people. Like everyone's got a different definition of success. So I wanted to create a definition that we can all kind of stand behind that'll become universal for everybody here inside this community. Does that sound fair? So what I want to, I want to propose is that success equals two things, okay? And you can't have success without both of these. Um, success equals achievement. I have horrible handwriting. So those who, if this is your first introduction to me, you'll never be able to read what I'm saying, but as I explained, just remember that means achievement plus fulfillment. Okay. So it's two things. A lot of times people think that success means I achieve something, right? A lot of people think success means I'm fulfilled. And the reality is you have to have both of those. Like success, like just having one or the other doesn't work, right? Um, having both is what actual success is. Like achieving something and feeling fulfilled. Like those are the two pieces of the equation that make you actually successful, okay? So moving forward, from this point forward, that's gonna be our definition of success. Success is achievement plus fulfillment. Tony Robbins always talks about, he says that there's the um, science of achievement, right? Here's the things we do, science is like very technical. Like here's the things we do to achieve something, but then there's the art of fulfillment, right? The art, so it's not like a science, it's an art. And so the learning how to balance both these two things together is what creates success. So the science of achievement, the art of fulfillment, okay? So I'm going to start first off with achievement. I want to talk about this first and then this and we'll kind of time together, okay? So first is achievement. So achievement is, this is something that, that all of us have, right? Like something we want to achieve. This is your goal, your dream, your desire. Like I want to achieve this thing, right? And achievement's important, right? It's the thing that gives fuel and excitement to life. If you don't have something you're pursuing and moving towards, then what's the point of it, right? I was thinking about my life, like things that have been the, 
They give my life so much color and excitement were the things I was trying to achieve. Not so much if I achieved them or not, but the pursuit of that achievement was what gave my life the most color, right? Wrestling, like when I was decided to become a wrestler, I wanted to achieve something. I wanted to be a state champ. I wanted to be a national champ. I wanted to be an All-American. The pursuit of that achievement is what gave my life color and happiness, right? When I met my wife, like the pursuit of that, like the achievement, I want to have a successful marriage, a successful family. Like the pursuit of that is what made life exciting, right? When I started my own business, I wanted to achieve things in business. I wanted success. I wanted to be able to, to hit different goals and things like, like that pursuit of that achievement made my life like have point and purpose. It was exciting, right? But for anybody, you guys, like how many of you guys are my high achievers in the room, right? Yeah, most of you guys are like, you're high, I'm assuming most of you in this room are like the high achievers, right? But this is the problem that us high achievers have. We think that achievement is going to make us happy, Right? But then what happens? Like, oh, if I could just do this. And we, we run this thing and we succeed. Oh, well, if I could just do this. If I could just be a state champ, then I'd be happy. We become a state champ. I get my hand raised. Well, if I could just be a national champ, then I'd be happy. If I could just be Russell in college. If I could just, we're always looking for the next thing, right? We never get the fulfillment we're looking for, okay? Oh, if I, make, if I could just make a million dollars, then I'd be happy. If I could just make 10, then I could be happy. If I could just make, and like, it always keeps moving, right? And so we have this mistake. We think that achievement's gonna make us happy, and it doesn't, okay? It makes our life really colorful, excitement, like it's a piece of it, but it's not everything, right? How many people do you know in this world who have everything, yet they're miserable, right? Um, I've seen people who've won Olympic medals and then um, take their lives later. I've seen people who've made billions of dollars in the same thing, right? They, they achieve everything they want in this life, but they're miserable, right? So most people think that success equals achievement, and it's just a, a part of it. In fact, Tony Robbins has a quote that um, I remember when I was on this pursuit of achievement, and I didn't feel happy after I achieved something, I remember reading this quote from Tony Robbins. He said, success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. I was like, ooh, success. When I thought achievement equals success, success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. Like it hit me hard. I was like, oh, how many of you felt that? Like I'm, I'm succeeding. I'm achieving everything I want. Why am I not happy? Ultimate failure. So I was like, okay, so success is not achievement. It's got to be the blend. It's achievement plus fulfillment. That's what actually equals success. Okay, so if we know what achievement is, like, what is fulfillment? And this becomes a harder thing. I mean, what is fulfillment? At least for me. And I guess it's different. Some people are really good at achieving. Some people are really good at fulfillment. Like, my wife is very good at fulfillment. She's always fulfilled. She's happy. She's like, you know, and I'm like, how are you so happy? Like, I don't understand it. She's just very fulfilled, right? And I'm like, the other way, like, I've achieved everything, but I'm not, like, we have this weird yin-yang. And, like, for me to define, like, what is fulfillment has been hard. And so there's actually, um, I was talking to Tom Billy about this, and Tom was the one that, like, helped me create something that I could, that I can measure fulfillment often. Because again, it's the art of fulfillment. How do you measure that? It's really, really hard, right? And so Tom said, he said that fulfillment is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Now, this weekend I was at a wrestling tournament with my son and I had a whole bunch of time by myself when your matches are happening. And so I was sitting and I was thinking about this in my head. I'm like, how do I feel about myself when I'm all by myself? And I started thinking, and I was like, huh. I'm like, there's some things in my life. I'm like, yeah. Like, good job, Russell. Like, you did it. Like, there's parts of that, right? There's other parts of like, ah, oh, you're an idiot, <laughs> Russell, right? What are you thinking? And I started like trying to catalog this. Like, how do I know? Like, how do I feel about myself when I'm all by myself? Right? And a lot of us don't ever take the time. Like, I don't normally, I'm so busy and doing a million things. I don't take time by myself. But I, I, this weekend, I try to take time by myself and think through that. And um, I actually have an exercise for you guys. We're going to do the end of this training um, to do after this training is over about this. But the, 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 the measure of this is like, how do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? That's how you know if you are fulfilled or not, okay? And then it goes a step further, like, well, what does that actually mean? And Tom gave another quote because he said that, um, it was interesting, he said that if you look at fulfillment, it's actually like, like biologically built into our body in a certain way. And he said that, and um, this is something, you should write this down if you had a pad of paper. 
He said, for you to actually feel feel fulfilled, this is like the equation. He said, number one, you must work hard to acquire a set of skills that matters to you and will allow you not only serve yourself, but other people. So that's the equation that's coded into our body, into our DNA to give us fulfillment. Okay, let me say it again. Okay, you must work hard to acquire a set of skills that matters to you, that allows you to not only serve yourself, but other people. Okay, now all these things are important, okay? Because if you have just one or two or not all three, then it's not going to give you fulfillment, okay? So you must work hard, okay? If you're not actually actively out there working hard, you're not going to feel fulfilled, okay? Sitting on a couch all day watching Netflix and like, uh, like you're not going to feel fulfilled. Like to feel fulfilled physically, you have to be working hard towards something, number one. Number two, if you're working hard to acquire a set of skills, Okay, no, it's not working hard to achieve something. Okay, it's not the achievement that gives us fulfillment. It's the pursuit of it. It's the journey, right? So we have to like, work hard to acquire a set of skills, but not any set of skills. It's got to be a set of skills that actually matters to you. You have to care about it, right? My biggest frustration I had in school is I was in school and I was learning a set of skills, something I didn't, that did not matter to me. So I was not fulfilled. I hated school. I struggled in school every single second because it wasn't, didn't matter to me. Okay. When I got done with school, I started coming into business and marketing. The set of skills I was learning mattered to me and I loved it. It lit me up. I was fulfilled. I was excited. Okay. So work hard, set a set of skills that, that matters to you, but it can't be just for you. Okay. It allows you not just to serve yourself, but other people. Okay. The way that our whole DNA in our body is like, we have to be serving other people to actually feel fulfillment. Okay. Growth without contribution is nothing. Okay. Growth is great. I'm going to become better, 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 but contribution is what gives you the fulfillment. Okay, so a set of skills has to help you, but also help other people. And that's kind of the mismatch. That's what we have to figure out to have fulfillment. Okay, so that's the equation that I'm working off in my personal life to be fulfilled. Okay, it's all about the pursuit of becoming someone that helps you and other people. Okay, and so what is that? Like, what is that thing that we're trying to become? Okay, what I call that is I call it the calling. And there's different words for that. Different people have different phrases for it. Um, I personally believe that this calling comes from God. I believe that God places desires in our hearts. And that desire is like he wants us to do something, to pursue something, right? To go, to go, strug- like to go pursue a skill set that we're going to go figure out so we can help ourselves and other people, right? Like that's what I feel like God gives us these desires. Now, some of you guys who are here, like I don't believe in God or whatever, and I'm fine with that. It does not bother me at all. Uh, regardless, though, most of you guys have felt the feeling, right? Okay. Those who believe in God believe it's coming from God. Those who don't, it's like, yeah, I, you still feel, right? There's a feeling, like something's coming. Like, I feel like I need to do this thing. I have this, like, there's something I want. I have a desire to create, to, to, to give, to create, like, to do something, right? Like that feeling, that tug, that feeling you feel, um, that is the calling, okay? And I guess if you've ever felt that before, that's why you're here, right? People that come into my world typically, like, I don't know, I felt like I needed to be here. Like, I, I, don't, I can't explain it. Like, I felt something. There's something bigger here. There's something I feel like I'm supposed to do or create or become or something, right? That's typically the people that come into my world. So my guess is if you're here listening to this, that's probably you, right? And so you're in this spot. And so uh, you're trying to figure out the hard part with this calling is that you have the calling. You're like, hey, this is where I'm supposed to go. There's something over here I'm pursuing. But then between where you are today and like the thing you're trying to pursue, usually it's really fuzzy in the middle, right? In my mind, it feels like fog. Do you guys ever feel this? Like, I know I'm supposed to do that thing, but I'm right here. I have no idea how to get there. There's a whole bunch of fog. I don't even know how to get there. Have you guys ever felt that before? I know I'm called to do something, but I don't have the skill set or the direct, I don't even know what to do, right? Okay. There's there always the fog between you and the goal. Otherwise, if it's just like, oh, it's right here. You just walk over there. You'd acquire it. Like there's no value in that. You didn't get anything out of it, right? The, the, the pursuit, like the, ha- like the working hard to acquire the skill set to get that thing is the key. And so what we have to do, we have to learn how to exercise faith. 
Okay. Faith that this calling is important. Faith that I'm supposed to be doing this thing that I'm pursuing. Right. And with the way faith works is like, you literally like, you like, you're stepping into the fog and you step in there. And as soon as you step into a fog, you guys have stepped in the fog before driven through fog. As soon as you get forward a little bit, all of a sudden the fog clears and you're like, Oh, I can see where I'm going. Okay. And take another step and you step into the darkness and the fog it opens up again. And you keep doing that and doing that as you pursue that, it helps lead you to the path. Okay. But for any of you guys who like feel the calling and you're scared, it's because, yeah, because you can't see the path. Like it's foggy and that's part of it because you have to have faith. Okay. Now, um, there are going to be three types of faith we talk about during these modules. Uh, but this module or, or during this training, this is the first faith. Okay. We'll discuss the other two in different modules, but the first one is faith in that calling. That it's something important to you that you should be pursuing. Cause if you're on faith, like you feel the calling, like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do it. But if you believe like, man, that's something I'm supposed to do. This is bigger than myself. That gives you the faith you need to be able to step into the darkness and figure out where you're going. Okay. Um, okay. So we have this calling, you know, the goal, you have this thing, right? And we'll talk, we're going to define that in the next modules and go really deep into what that is and how to pursue it and how to get it. But right now, I just want you guys to understand like you all have that calling, right? You, you see it, you feel it a little bit. What I want to spend the rest of today on is actually what I call um, the resistance, okay? Um, now, C.S. Lewis, uh, who's, again, an amazing author, um, we'll probably talk a lot about him as well. C.S. Lewis said something really interesting. He said, our leisure, even our play, is a matter of serious concern. That is because there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan, Okay? I'm going to say it one more time. It's such a cool quote. Our leisure, even our play, is a matter of very serious concern. That is because there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Okay, it means you are here and you're like, I want to go on this mission. <clears throat> and you're like, I'm going to go this direction. As soon as you start pursuing that, the opposite side, you've got God and Satan, or you can call it uh, the calling and the resistance, whatever you want to call it. Like every second is claimed by one way and counterclaimed. Okay. And so as soon as you decide, like, I want to go this, this direction, that time is like, someone's gonna try to push that, take that time the other direction. Right. And so um, there's a really, really good book um, that I recently read by Stephen Pressfield, uh, Stephen Pressfield called uh, The Art of War. How many of you guys have read The Art of War? If you haven't, it's a really good book. But he defines this feeling. He calls it the resistance. And ever since I've read that book, I'm like, oh, like I relate to that term. Sometimes you talk about, you know, there's Satan and there's the enemy, the adversary. And it's like, it, it becomes weird for a lot of people. But like that feeling of the resistance, like when I heard that, I was like, oh, like I can connect with that. Okay, the resistance. Like how many of you guys have ever felt resistance? When you saw the goal, you want to pursue something. But as soon as you start pursuing it, you feel this resistance like holding you back. Like I said, every second, as C.S. Lewis said, every second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. The second you start pursuing here, he's counterclaiming you the other direction. Like the, it's this tug of war, right? Uh, my goal in this training is, is really to help to expose you guys to the nature of this enemy, the thing that's holding you back, the resistance, right? And I'm going to show you guys how both like consciously and subconsciously your body, your mind is fighting you all the time to keep you from that thing, okay? Because as soon as you are aware of what the enemy is, then we can prepare for it, we can protect yourself from it. And that's the goal of this first module, okay? All right, so what is the resistance? Stephen Pressfield, he, re, he, um, he has some really cool things. He said, the resistance is the negative force in the world that keeps you from, from fulfilling your dreams. I have this dream. I have this vision. It's the thing that's keeping you from fulfilling it. Okay. And it's there all the time. It's you're always filling it no matter where you are. Right. Um, in fact, I was thinking about this, like, um, you know, last month we had our big funnel hacking live event and actually, uh, I was reading about the resistance and thinking about it. So I started like documenting myself. Like, uh, every time I was supposed to be like working on a presentation or waking up early to go work out or do whatever it was, I was like, if I feel resistance, I'm gonna start filming it. And it got to the point where I was filming like 20 things a day. It was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to work on this. I want to, my brain was going a million different ways. I didn't want to do everything except for do the thing I'm supposed to do. Right. Resistance all the time is pushing us and pulling us to keep us from pursuing the thing that we're 
trying to do. Okay, and what uh, re- resistance uh, it creates? Uh, Stephen Pressfield called this the unlived life. Says there's life that we live. Right? And then there's life that's lived within us. And resistance stands between us. So this is like the life we're actually living and the life we're supposed to be living. And resistance is in between there, like protecting us. Okay? This is the athlete who doesn't, comp- doesn't compete. It's the writer who doesn't write. The painter who doesn't paint. The entrepreneur who hasn't started their own business. Right? It's, the, it's this, um, this unlived life. Okay? And a lot of you guys who are probably in that situation, most of us probably are. Right? It's like if you want to be an athlete, I'm an athlete, but I don't actually compete. Right? Resistance is the thing keeping you from there. I'm a writer. I want to be a writer, but I haven't written anything yet. Resistance. I want to be a painter. I want to be a creator. I want to create YouTube videos. Like whatever it is that you're, if you have the life that you have and the, like that you're living in and the unlived life that you know you actually want, resistance is the thing in between. Okay. And so um, I, want to, I want us to be super hyper aware of that thing that's happening. And uh, another one of my favorite quotes from Art of War, he said, um, in, in this book, he's talking about writers, but this is true for anything you're trying to be successful in, right? He said, there's a secret that real writers know that wannabe writers don't. And the secret is this. The writing is not the hard part. What's hard is sitting down to write. What keeps us from sitting down is resistance. Okay? How many authors do we have who are right here right now with me? Okay? I don't know about you, but I go through this. I've written three books. Um, I'm trying to write my fourth one right now. And that's the hardest things. It's completely right. It's not sitting down to the writing. It's like, it's like sitting down to do the writing's hard part. Like the actual writing's not hard, right? Uh, how many guys are into fitness? Okay. Is the hard part going to the gym and actually lifting the weights? No, it's not that. I mean, it is heavy. The hard part's like oh, waking up, getting in bed, driving your car, getting to the gym. Like, do, like that's the hard part, right? That's the resistance. Resistance is hitting you early and fast to get you to not do the thing. Okay. So the goal of resistance is to get you to not move forward, to get you to drift. Okay. Um, I'm going to draw a little image here to kind of show you, in my mind, what this looks like. Okay, so here is each and every one of us. So that's you. And over here we have the calling. This is the thing that we are pursuing, right? And over here, um, over here we have resistance, okay? Now the goal of resistance is to get you to drift, to pull away, okay? It's going to get you to drift this is where drift right here. And so you need to drift and drift and drift until eventually you become what Napoleon Hill calls a drifter. Okay? A drifter is almost like an identity. So you become a drifter. This is where we don't want to get to is becoming a drifter, right? But the resistance goal is to get you away from that calling and get you to drift until you become a drifter, right? Now, the goal on the other side of the calling is to get you to, um, to be, uh, to have drive, to drive forward and drive forward and drive forward. Right. And so the calling is always like giving us these nudges, and these hints, and these ideas like, Oh, you should be doing this. Oh, you want to do that? Oh, look how many people you can serve. Oh, can you imagine what it'd be like? And like give us these desires to give us, to get us to drive. So we can become what I call driven, right? These are two different identities. There's a drifter and there's a driven, uh, the resistance is trying to get us to drift, to become a drifter. The calling is trying to get us to drive, to become driven. Right. And so this is the, this in my head is the, is the battle that we're fighting back and forth against all the time. Okay. And so again, my goal is to help us all understand like how this resistance is working in our lives. so We can see it and become aware of it so you can protect yourself from it. Okay. All right. So how does resistance actually work? Um, for all of you guys, it's going to be different. And there's a lot of different ways. Um, in fact, I'm sure if we sat down for five minutes and said, okay, think about the goal that you're trying to pursue right now in your life. 
Let me know all the ways right now that resistance is fighting you. I'm sure you guys could all come up with a list of like, here's 10 different things or 20 different things. Uh, but I was, as I was preparing for this, I was trying to break down the different, different like phases or different things that I see consistently. And so this is not a, this is not an exhaustive list. It's not everything, but these are some of the things I think um, are the biggest ones. And hopefully in the community, we can discuss other ones you guys feel or that you notice as well. So the question here is how does resistance work, right? Uh, what are the lies that resistance gives us to keep us from being successful? And so I think I have four different lies here I'm going to share with you guys. So the very first lie, the resistance hits us with all the time is procrastination. Now, procrastination is a tricky one, okay? Because procrastination is not saying, oh, I'm not going to pursue that goal, okay? Like, that's one thing. Say, like, oh, like, that seems too hard. I'm not going to do that. Like, that, that's fear that we have a lot of times. But resistance doesn't care about that. Like, resistance, like, what it'll do instead of say, look, how about this? You can pursue that goal. You can write that book. You can start that business. You can go and try to compete. You can do whatever you want. But not today. You're going to do it tomorrow, okay? Resistance doesn't say no. It's like, try to pushes it, right? Which is almost... Not almost. It definitely is worse. Because you're like, oh, tomorrow I'll do it. Oh, tomorrow I'll do it. I call this the manana principle. Oh, manana, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But what happens tomorrow? Tomorrow comes and then tomorrow is tomorrow. Right? And they're like, oh, well, tomorrow I'll do it. Tomorrow I'll do it. How many of you guys have been trying to write a book for more than a day? More than a month? More than a year? Okay? What happened? Procrastination. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to write it. I'm starting tomorrow. Okay? How many of you guys ever wanted to lose weight? I'm going to lose weight. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to start on Monday, <laughs> right? Monday, the diet starts on Monday, right? This is like human psychology. It's resistance, not saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to write the book. No, our brain's like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to do it. Tomorrow, I'm going to start, okay? That's how procrastination, that's how resistance gets. One of the very first lies, lie number one is that, right? It's not that we're not going to do it. Instead, we're going to do it tomorrow. So we have to be very, very aware of that. Every time we're saying like, oh, cool, I'm going to start tomorrow. That's resistance. In fact, I remember sitting backstage with Ryan Holiday at one of our events. And Ryan writes a book every like, I don't know, every six months, every year, something like that. And I had this conversation. I just finished my book. I was like, I finished my book. I'm taking like a year off to relax. And he was like, don't do that. I'm like, why not? He's like, he's like, um, He's like, because you're going to get out of it and you're not going to be able to get back into it. He said, when he's like, when I write a book, he said, the day that I finished my, the manuscript, that's like that same day I start the next manuscript. He's like, I don't want to get out of practice. I don't want to get out of that. I don't want to say, oh, tomorrow I'll start the next book. And then that tomorrow becomes a week and a month and a year. Right? He just never lets it stop. So for you guys, first off is like, if you are procrastinating and ever saying tomorrow I'm going to start, like that's like be a telltale sign. Like there's resistance. I should start now. Okay, that's lie number one. Lie number two is what Stephen Pressfield calls uh, in his book, Turning Pro, he calls this the shadow calling. And this was so powerful when I was studying this. So we have this calling, this thing we want to pursue, right? The shadow calling is a metaphor for your real calling. It looks really, really similar. The difference, though, is there's no risk in the shadow calling. If you fail, there's no consequences, or those consequences are meaningless to you. Okay, a good example could be... um, Let's say you want to write a book, um, and so you want to write this book, you want to put your name out there, but instead, you're going to become a ghostwriter. I don't know, this is a good example, or not, but, but like, you're doing it, you're doing the work, it looks similar, right? Same calling, right? Say, like very similar calling, but if you fail, it's not your book, it's not your name, it's not your thing, like, the, there's no consequences, right? So what resistance will do a lot of times is it takes your goal that you're supposed to do, your calling, and it gets you to do something similar, but not quite the same, where there's no risk for you, Okay? Resistance wants you to not have, like, it wants to push you away from these different risks, right, that are scary. Because then if you, if you step into those risks, you got to actually do the thing, okay? So the shadow calling is really, really interesting. Uh, for all of you guys, think about, like, the calling and the mission you have. Do you have something else you're pursuing right now that's actually keeping you from it? That looks very, very similar, but it's keeping you from the thing you actually are trying to pursue, okay? If so, beware of that. It's called the shadow calling. Lie number three, and this is one I want to spend a little time on, 
Line number three is pleasure, not fulfillment. Okay, now this is, um, this is one that... This is one that I think, especially like the youth of today struggle with a lot, but I think all of us struggle with this. Um, so it's pleasure, not fulfillment. And what this comes from is from a, a magical brain chemical we have called dopamine. How many of you know what dopamine is? There's like a million books written on dopamine, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert. But one thing uh, I do know about dopamine, I was, I was talking to Annie Grace, who's one of our friends in this community, and she's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And she was talking about dopamine. She said, what's interesting about dopamine is that dopamine, um, it doesn't, a lot of people think dopamine is the thing that makes you like something, right? But she says, not true. So what dopamine does, it makes you want something. Okay, it makes you want something. So it makes your, your want for the thing go up, but it does not actually make you like the thing anymore. Okay? So does that make sense? It, um, makes you want something, makes you desire to do that thing again and again and again. Okay? And so we get these dopamine. If something happens and we get that, and then we get the desire to want to do it again. Like, oh, I got a dopamine. I want to do it again. So for example, you're sitting there, you're bored. You're supposed to be doing your work. All some resistance hits, like check your phone. You grab your phone out. You open up Instagram or Twitter. You go through and you see something and you get a dopamine hit. Okay. Now, again, it's not so much like, oh, that was amazing. I saw that cool thing. It doesn't do that. The dopamine hit, what it does, it gives you a desire to do it again. Like, oh, I, got it. I want to do that again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And it keeps you in the cycle of doing it again. It does not actually make you like the thing. It just makes you want to do it more and more often. Okay, so what dopamine does, it gives you a reward without giving you the actual, without doing the actual work. You get the reward, but you don't do the actual work. And this is what keeps you from doing the work that you need to actually get there. It gives you a fake reward. Okay, uh, typically what it does is it gives you a weaker form of what you desired most. Okay, um, so if the thing that you're trying to pursue, the thing that you really want to get there, um, what it, again, what it's doing is giving you a weaker form of that. That's what dopamine hit is. Um, I'm going to quote a movie. So there's a movie called Fantastic Four. Anyone saw, see Fantastic Four? It's not a great movie, but there's one sentence in the movie that was really, really cool. Um, they're talking about music. And I remember I, I was on a plane somewhere listening to this, and I, I, I paused afterwards, and I listened to the sentence a few times, like, oh, so interesting. And the character of the movie is talking about music. It says, it says, music is just a series of altered patterns. The musician creates the pattern and makes, it, makes us anticipate a resolution, then holds it back and makes you wait for it. Okay, I heard that. I was like, wait, what was that? So I listened to it again. So the music is just a set of altered patterns that the musician creates, and the pattern, uh, and the pattern makes us, uh, uses it to anticipate a resolution, uh, and then holds it back and makes you wait for it. Okay, so what that means is like, you have any song, right? The song comes, and it builds up this like anticipation, and it builds up anticipation, and it builds up anticipation, right? He's building, 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 and then the chorus drops, boom, and we get the release, right? It comes back, next, next, uh, uh, next, whatever it's called, next part of the song, builds anticipation, makes like, this awkward feeling, builds it up, builds it up, builds up, and there's a release, right? And it happens again three times, boom, and the song's over, right? So it's this build and a release, build and a release, build and a release, okay? That's how music is good. Now, if you went and you turn on the radio and all you ever heard was a chorus over and over and over again, without the buildup, the chorus is not powerful, right? It's the anxiety of like the buildup of the song that when the chorus hits and you get that release, it's like, ah, oh. and it builds up again and the release. It's the buildup and the release. That's what gives you uh, like actual joy, right? Um, pleasure comes from just the, just from the, the chorus. Okay. And that's what I kind of understand. So, um, in, again, in music, if you just listen to the chorus every single song, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get the same value out of it. Cause it's just, it's just the, it's the, the reward without the work, 
right? It's the weaker form we desire most. You actually desire the anticipation that gives you the release is bigger. Okay. Now there's a million different examples I can share. Some are awkward to share on stage, but here we are. So, um, one of the best ones that relate back to this, that I think about this, like build up and release is an orgasm, right? You're building up like this, this pressure and then, and then you get the release, right? And you think about this, like how does resistance work, right? If your goal is a happy marriage, there's like a way to work towards that. Or there's like, how do you get the rewards out the work? Pornography, right? You get the release without any, of the, without any of the work, right? It's the lesser form. It's a weaker form of the thing you actually desire the most. Social media is another one, right? Instead of like going to actually having social interactions with people, that's hard, that's like awkward, just get out of your comfort zone, go talk to people, and like all the pain that you'd actually get the thing you want. Instead, you open your phone, you get these dopamine hits, you get the reward without the work, okay? A lot of times people get stuck in reading. Like I love reading more than anybody, right? But they read and they read and they read because they never want to do the thing. Okay. As an entrepreneur, I coach entrepreneurs. People, I see people come to my world all the time who go to events and study and read and on and on and on and on. But guess what? They never actually do the thing, right? They get the dopamine. They get the, they get the, the weaker form of the thing they're trying to achieve by reading and never actually doing. Okay. There's a time and a place for reading, but there's a time you have to go and actually do the thing, right? I have friends who have been in school. They've got like their degree and their master's degree and their doctorate degree and their PhD. And they keep going to school because they're too scared to actually go out there and do the thing they're supposed to be doing, right? They get obsessed with just that part of it. Okay. And so you have to understand that, that, that there's no fulfillment um, without the work. Okay. It comes back to the, the definition of Tom Bilyeu is that um, the definition of fulfillment, you must work hard to acquire a set of skills that matter for you and allow you not only to serve yourself, but other people, right? You have to actually work hard. Okay. If you don't work hard, you're not going to feel fulfilled. If you're just going for the dopamine hit, if you don't, if you don't delay gratification, you miss the things that give you actual fulfillment. Okay. So you have to be aware, do not stimulate things that are not fulfilling. Okay. Stop getting the dopamine hits on things that are not fulfilling you. Okay. What happens over time is the dopamine kit, uh, keeps telling us like, uh, increase your desire to do the thing. You go back to keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. What happens is it keeps you doing this. Uh, the want keeps going up. I don't want to keep going back to this thing, but what actually is happening is that the liking your, how much you like it actually goes down. And this is what gets you, uh, basically gets you spiraling and hating yourself, going through depression, all sorts of stuff like that because of this. Cause we keep going for the cheap version of the thing we're actually trying to pursue. Okay. And so, um, dopamine is one of the big ways the resistance is using to keep you back. Okay. When I was trying to prepare for our last big event, this is what resistance kept doing to me. I'm sitting there working all of a sudden. It's like, Hey, um, check your phone. I'm like, Oh, check my phone, Instagram, put it back down. Uh, check Facebook. Boom. Uh, check your email. Uh, go get something to eat. Go, and it's like me. It's like resistance was trying to get me to do anything besides the thing I was supposed to be doing. It's like, how can I give him some, in, some pleasure instantly to take away the actual fulfillment and success he's looking for? Okay, so resistance is always trying to give you immediate pleasure to keep you from success, from achievement and fulfillment. So you have to be very, very aware of it, right? Where am I getting success? I cannot stimulate that success in a simple way. I have to be willing to delay gratification so I can actually get the success I want, okay? Okay, the lie number four, and this is kind of like on the deep end of that is, is actually full sedation. Um, this is where people are sedating themselves with drugs, with alcohol, with pornography, with all sorts of crazy things. It's not just like a quick dopey hint. It's like, ah, oh, it's like, like people sedate to hide from the pain. Okay. I'm sure most of you guys have friends, family members, people, you know, and you love who, you know, that like they stopped trying to pursue the dream. They stopped trying to pursue the calling. They gave up on it. And so to, to numb themselves to the pain of not taking that journey, they go into full sedation mode. Right. And they can sedate through anything. Some people sedate through food, some it's TV, some people, it's like, there's a million things to sedate on, but that's like the last, in my mind, the last one, the resistance does is like, if I can get you to the spot where you are in full sedation, full drifting, right? This is where <clears throat> when you come back here, the resistance to, to actually become a drifter, to, to get all the way to the point where you're fully drifting, that's where, that's where, um, where they win.
Okay. All right. So those are the four lies of, um, uh, of resistance. The next question is like, well, how do we beat resistance? Like, what are the, what are the strategies? How do we actually beat this? Because if we want to hit this thing, we know that this resistance is attacking us and hitting us every single time we think about going to work, thinking about working out, thinking about whatever the thing is we need to do, right? Every single second, it's always going to be there. Like it never, it's like this, this never ending thing, just like driving you crazy. The question is how do we beat it? Right? So, uh, a couple of really cool things, uh, as I was researching and preparing for this, that, that I think were very helpful for me. First one was the framework I learned from Andy Grace. Um, she calls it motion versus, versus action. Okay. And what a lot of us do is we get into something. Um, we get into doing something right to pursue that goal and, um, we get into motion, but it's like a circular motion. Um, Napoleon Hill calls this hypnotic rhythm, right? So I was thinking like, like hip, hypnosis, like, like that spinning circle where you're stuck in this thing. Right. And so motion is very circular. And a lot of times what's happening in this motion is like, you're doing things that feel like you're going towards the thing, right? I'm reading another book. I'm studying another thing. I'm, I'm going to an event. I'm, I'm thinking about, it, I'm on social media. I'm posting on social media. I'm talking about things, but it's like this circular thing that feels like you're moving towards it. But if you look at it, you're not actually making momentum forward. It feels like momentum, but it's not right? So that's motion. The difference, and then the opposite is action. Action is like moving forward with definiteness of purpose, moving in a direction. Now, how do you know the difference? Okay. Action is directional and there's a cost, right? If you do this thing, you could succeed or you could fail, but there is an actual cost associated with that, right? So motion is circular. Action is here. And so to beat resistance, resistance is going to try to keep you in this circular motion, right? If you want to beat resistance, it's coming back saying, I got to move forward. But as soon as you do that, there's a cost. Like everything, like, yeah, I think in business, it's like the emotions, like people just studying and learning and reading and like feeling like they're mentally stimulated and stuff, getting dopamine hits all the time, but they're not actually doing anything. Directions like, I've got to place a Facebook ad. I got to spend money. I've got to build something and put it out there to the world. There's, there's the cost of that. It might fail. It might be successful. I don't know yet, but I have to do something. Okay. It's me going from wrestling practice. I'm learning about stuff to stepping out on that, shaking someone's hand and finding out, am I going to win or am I going to lose? There's a cost, right? Pursuing the action, pursuing the thing that actually has the cost is one of the best ways to beat resistance, right? Um, that's number one. Number two is uh, a really cool study called, uh, I probably pronounced this wrong, the triune brain. Um, and this is what your brain is naturally programmed to do, right? Um, and in this uh, study I talked about, there were three core things. And then Andy Grace kind of popped in a fourth one I thought was really powerful as well. So what our brains are, are programmed to do is number one is to avoid pain. Number two is to seek pleasure. Number three is to conserve energy. And then number four, the fourth and the Andy ad in there is to prove itself right. It wants confirmation bias to prove that it's right. Okay. So what resistance is doing is coming in here and saying, these are the things I have to help get this person to not do the thing. Right. So avoiding pain, like, Oh, you don't want to do that. That's going to be hard. Right. Seeking pleasure. It's, oh, your dopamine hit. Go over here. Get your pleasure right here. So it's like resistance is like, uh, don't do pain. Here's pleasure. Don't do pain. Here's pleasure. And then conserving energy. Like, oh, it's gonna be so much work to do that. Like just relax and hang out, eat some ice cream, like conserving energy. Right. And then and then uh, confirmation bias number four is like, it's got to prove itself right. Like, oh, like I already know this stuff. Like why? For, for your brain to, to admit that it doesn't, like, doesn't know how to get that thing is hard, right? So what it wants you to do is like, oh, I already know how to do this, right? So those are the four things that are happening in sort of our brain. The resistance is playing with all, all day long. For us to be successful, to actually achieve the thing, we have to do the opposite of what our brain has been pre-programmed for millions of years to do, okay? So instead of avoiding pain, right, we have to step out of our comfort zone over and over and over again to pursue the thing we're trying to get. That's hard right? Our brain, everything, our instincts are saying, like avoid pain at all costs. And we have to say, no, I'm going through the pain to get this goal. Nothing worthwhile ever came when, if you didn't go through the pain, 
Okay, number two, our brains like sleep gratification. Like, oh, here's Instagram, here's food, here's pornography, here's boom, boom, boom. It's like as fast as we can, seeking pleasure, right? It's like, no, no, no. Like to be successful, you have to delay gratification. You have to allow the buildup. You have to have all of the things that lead up to the course before the course drops. If you do not delay gratification, you cannot be successful, right? Seeking pleasure, seeking the dopamine hit will not make you successful. It's the delayed gratification, okay? So we have to avoid, like avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, and then conserving energy, right? Our bodies, our brain wants us to conserve energy, sit there and eat as many calories as possible and don't move, okay? For you to be successful in anything in life, you cannot sit there and conserve energy. You have to do the opposite, which is taking massive action, going out of your comfort zone, doing things that feel uncomfortable, burning time of the calories, like it's the opposite, right? And then number four is that you can't just say like our confirmation bias, like I know everything. Like for you to be successful, you have to question your beliefs and your assumptions about everything. You have to become a student once again, right? Like, and so those are the things that resistance is using to block you and protect you every single way. You have to come back and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to avoid pain. I'm going to move out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to seek pleasure. I'm going to delay my gratification, allow the buildup until I've actually earned the reward. Uh, I'm, going to cons- I'm not going to conserve my energy. I'm going to take massive action, and I'm going to become a student. Even if I think I know everything, I'm probably right. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to become a teacher and a student. I'm going to learn the path the right way. Okay? That's how to be successful. Um, this is also a filter that Annie gave me. She says anytime she's looking at something, the filter she runs it through is, is it good for me? Is it good for the people I love? And is it good for the world? That's the question we're asking. If it is, okay, we should probably move forward. If it's not, then say, okay, maybe this is something different. This is the adversary. It's the resistance pulling me a different direction. But if this is good for me, if this is good for the people I love, this is good for the world, okay, that's the filter. I should pursue this and move forward, okay? The last thing we'll talk about in how we protect ourselves from resistance is understanding that resistance is going to hit you over and over and over and over again. What most of us do is by default, we just succumb to whatever resistance tells us to, right? We're sitting there working on our book and our manuscript and all of a sudden we think, I check my Instagram, you grab your phone and you start looking, right? And all of a sudden you're like, what am I doing, right? We just default to these different modes. We have to understand that, um, uh, we have to understand, Tony Robbins calls this the pattern interrupt. Um, and uh, there's actually a really cool quote from Victor Frankl. Like you've probably read his books. He, I'm sure he will be in the book club here very soon. Uh, but he said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. Okay, so between the stimulus and the response, when you're sitting here, like, you check your phone. Between the stimulus, I check my phone. And the response, there's a space. He said, in that space lies our freedom and power to choose our responses. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. We're working, working, resistance hit us. Check your phone. There's a space. We have to stop because our brain's in default. Right if that space is going to default to our pattern and do the thing. We have that space. We have to stop and throw a pattern interrupt. I have to interrupt this pattern. How do I interrupt this pattern really, really quickly? Okay. We become better and better at pattern interrupts. What I did recently is I was realizing as I was preparing for Hacking Live that uh, my phone here had Instagram, Facebook, all my social media things were on this phone. And I started watching myself when I was monitoring myself. And I'd watch, I'm working on presentations, grab my phone. Before I even know, I'm halfway there. I'm like, what am I doing? So I literally said, if I'm going to do this, I have to do a pattern interrupt. So I took my phone, I deleted Facebook, Instagram, all my social media apps off that phone. And I put it back down. And then I, what I started doing is I'd be working. All of a sudden, I'd grab my phone, i pick it up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, there's no Facebook there. Crap. I've been working next to I'm grabbing it. I'm like, holy cow. Like, I had no idea how many times resistance was pushing me to the stupid device until it was gone. I remember um, a couple of years ago, um, uh, my coping mechanism at the time was food. Like I was struggling with, I was working on projects. I would, I would go to food. And back then, he has seen videos of me from five or six years ago. Uh, Russell was about 30 or 40 pounds heavier, mostly right here in my chin. Um, but what would happen, I'd be working and I'd go to food, snack, food, snack. That was like the pleasure, the dopamine hit, right? I didn't earn it or anything. I was just like, the, I got the rewards out the work. I got the dopamine. I was grabbing food. So I was eating here, eating here. I was just eating all the time, right? 
It took me a while to realize like, oh my gosh, like I am gaining all this weight. I'm feeling miserable, all these kind of things because I keep succumbing to the resistance. And I started realizing like, the, again, what Victor Frankl said, between stimulus response, there's a space. So for me, I like, had to change my environment, move things around. So when that space happened, like, oh, food's not right there. I can think like, well, what should I be actually doing here? And I could reframe like, and rebuild my thing. So it's looking for like that gap and creating pattern interrupts to protect yourself. Okay. So that's resistance. That's some ways to protect yourself from ways to be aware of it, what it's doing to you, how to protect yourself. And again, I know that there's a lot. And this, uh, my goal of this session was more to stimulate conversation than anything else. Um, I want us to be able to talk about this in the members area. Uh, uh, next to this presentation, there, there should be a link down below somewhere. They'll take you to the community. And in that community, jump in there and give us your thoughts. Talk about how resistance affects you. Talk about uh, how things you found have been successful, things that have helped you as you protect yourself. Find out, you know, if you're struggling, you can't figure things out. Ask other people what they're doing if they're a pattern interrupts. Figure out other ways to do that, okay? That's all going to be inside the members area. Um, the other thing is I want to give you guys some assignments for tonight, Okay. That way you've got something to kind of work on over the next couple of weeks as you're thinking through this, um, as you're pursuing your goal. Okay, next module is going to be talking a lot more about this thing that you're pursuing. We're going to, go, we're going to figure out what that is. We're going to become definite with it. We're going to create a plan and a process and a whole bunch of really cool things. But before we get to the goal, I want to get to the protection of yourself. Like how do we fight the enemy so we can pursue that goal? And so this is where your assignment is going to be. Got a couple of different things, okay? First question I want to ask for your homework is, what is the thing that you are trying to achieve? Like, what is your calling? I want you to do your best to describe it. And again, right now, uh, next module, will go deeper into exactly what is becoming definite. Like, what do you think the calling is? Like, what are you called to do? Was it to write a book? Was it to uh, become an athlete? Was it to create something, be an entrepreneur, to build a, a movement? Like, um, to be a teacher, a coach? Like, I don't care what you're successful, but what is that thing? What is that calling you feel like is for you? Okay, so that's the number one thing is to, to figure that out. Step, question number one. Question number two, I want to go deeper into fulfillment, right? Because um, after we have an idea of where we're going to be achieving, um, like I want to make sure that as we are pursuing that, that we're actually fulfilled. And so the next question is, how do you feel about yourself when you're all by yourself? Again, this is Tom Billy's question. And I spent all weekend long thinking about that. And um, honestly, for me, it was, it was kind of hard to think about that because there's all these different aspects. I feel good about this. I don't feel good about this. Like, how do I, how do I tie it to something tangible? And so I'm going to give you guys a really quick exercise you can do that'll help you as well. Um, I actually learned this from uh, a guy named Tal Tusfany, who's, uh, he's the head of the uh, Ayn Rand Foundation. And Ayn Rand said something really cool. She said that happiness is the state of consciousness which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. Okay, not our, not our achievements, not our goals, but from our values. Okay, and so when I started doing this exercise, I was like, well, how do I feel about myself when I'm all by myself? At first, it was all scattered. I couldn't associate it with anything. And I remember uh, about a year ago, I did a, uh, a really cool exercise with uh, one of my coaching programs. We had people figure out, like, what are the things they actually value the most? And so this is going to be your assignment as well. And the way that this, uh, this assignment works, it's really fun, actually. You can sit down with a pad of paper and spend 30, 40 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes, whatever it takes, set a timer, and then what you're going to do is you write down everything that you know in this life actually makes you happy. Thing that lights up your subconscious mind where you're just like, I don't know what it is, I feel happy when I think about this. And you're going to write down, you're going to be like, my, my wife, my kids, my, uh, my faith, my book, like this book makes sense, this book, you know, like this training, this course, and like you write down all the things that make you happy, as many things as you can possibly think of. I right, try to get 100, 200, 300 things that you have in your life currently that just make you happy. Okay, so that's the first step. And what you're doing is create what's called a value galaxy. Here's a galaxy of all the things that I value in the world, right? And after you've done that, the second set of the exercise is actually a lot easier, but it's looking at like the hundred or so things that you value and then start trying to group these things into what we call value themes. Okay, so what's gonna happen is like, 
I'm looking like, okay, these all, like all of these right here were about my family and all these were about my faith, my religion. These are about my favorite books. Oh, this is about my favorite movies. This is about my favorite authors or whatever the things are, right? And these become your value themes, right? So I know, okay, this is, this theme is my family. This theme is my, um, my mission. Let's say this thing is my, my faith. And so you figure out whatever your, your value themes are. And now when you sit down and say, okay, what do I, how do I feel about myself when I'm all by myself? It gave me something tangible. Like, hey, well, with my family, how do I feel with my family? Like, oh, my family's really, really cool. They're not perfect. I'm struggling with some of my kids. But like, like I'm, I'm pretty proud of my family. Like, I love them. They're awesome. How am I doing over here? How am I doing over here? And what was cool is like, as I sat there, I was like, for me, like most of my life, I actually do fulfill, fulfill I feel happiness. Like the things that I value, I'm pursuing, I'm, I'm loving it. Like, like they're stressful and they're hard, all those kind of things. But overall, I'm like, I'm really like, I feel good about myself. But there are a couple of things I was just like, but this is the area that I'm struggling with. This is the one that like, I can't quite figure out, right? Like for, uh, the reason I'm not feeling as fulfilled as I want is because this piece right here. And then we can start looking at that and kind of figuring things out. And so for you guys, I want you to spend some time this weekend thinking through like, how do you feel about yourself when you're all by yourself? And I recommend doing this exercise. So you have like, you have points to kind of think about as you're, as you're um, like the things you value most as you're thinking about that, okay? And then the last assignment I want you to do is called... Um, the resistance time study is something we just invented. Uh, I started doing it again a month or so ago before our live event where I started time tracking the resistance as it was hitting me. So what I do is I wake up in the morning, I start working towards my goal. And every time resistance would hit me, I would stop and I'd say, 7.15, don't want to get out of bed, <laughs> right? And I figured that out and I said, okay, now based on that, like, how does that make me feel? Like, why, like, why am I going to that? Like, how could I, how could I change? How could I change that pattern? And I go a few more minutes later and it was awesome. 7.18, I'm like, oh, don't want to, don't want to shave today. I don't, know. don't want to get on the computer. Don't want to read the book. And like, I started like tracking how resistance was hitting me. And within three or four or five days, it was like, first off, it blew my mind how many times it was hitting me. And second off, it was like, most of these things I'm actually causing myself by having a phone next to my bed that has all these things, by having my environment in a way where it's super easy for me to find food when, I, when, I, when I'm looking for resistance, like having my computer, my workspace in a spot where I have access to a million dopamine hits everywhere. And like, I started becoming aware, like most of these problems are like, I'm creating these. Resistance is just like, but like pointing in a little direction, like, oh, sweet, I start running that direction, right? And so we become aware of it, then we can restructure our environment to help us become more successful. And again, we'll talk more about that uh, in other modules and stuff. But those are the things I want you to do, okay? So again, three exercises. Number one is what is the thing that you are trying to pursue? What do you feel like your calling is that you want to achieve? Number two is how do you currently feel about yourself when you're all by yourself based on the different things you value the most in life? And number three, I want you to do is time test, uh, time track, study, start time tracking, like where are the times in my day the resistance is hitting me? And if you track it for a week, you have a really good clear picture of like, man, these are the places where I'm most susceptible. Now we start protecting and blocking and start getting rid of a lot of the low hanging fruit to make us more successful. Okay, so that is the game plan for your guys' homework. Does that sound like fun? All right. It's not always going to be fun. Fighting resistance, fighting the enemy, fighting the person that's trying to keep you from your goals and your dreams and your desires and the thing you want most in life, the thing you were called to do, the thing that God himself said, this is your calling to pursue and accomplish this thing. And now we're trying to figure out how to fight against that, the thing that's holding you back. This is not going to be easy. Okay, it's not going to be painful. But now you're aware of it. Now you're like, oh my gosh, these are things that are happening to me. This is where it's hitting me up. Right? When we start finding these things and identifying them, now we've got the ability to combat that. Okay? One of the hardest things we're going to do is if, I, if I'm trying to get you to pursue something, like for you to get success and the thing you want to be successful with, but if we're not addressing the enemy, addressing resistance, addressing things that are holding us back, it's going to be really hard. It's like running up a hill. You have someone holding you from behind. You're like, I'm not going to talk about that. We're just trying to be successful. Let me go up there. I had a friend, uh, Noah St. John, he was explaining this one time to me. He said, he's like, I feel like 
I see people who are successful and you see them like, you know, they're in a the car and they're driving like crazy. And then I want to be successful. And I get in a car and I'm like, hey, step one, put my foot on the gas. So you go and you put your foot on the gas. But the problem is that at the same time you have your foot on the brake. So you have your foot on the brake in front of the gas and the wheels are spinning like crazy and nothing's happening. How many of you guys have felt that way? Like I'm doing the things, I'm moving forward, but I'm just spinning in space, right? That's what I think this is the same thing. Right now, a lot of us, resistance has got your foot on the brake. Maybe the parking brake's even on this point. You got the foot on the gas, you're just spinning like crazy, but you're not moving anywhere, right? This whole first module is about like getting our foot off the brake, unlaunching the, 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 the parking brake so we can pursue and move forward, right? So things are going to be nipping at our tails and pulling us back. Resistance is always going to be fighting us, but now we're aware of it. Now we're not just like off on these tangents and these patterns and like getting, you know, hit up by every dopamine hit. We could possibly be like going after pleasure versus actual fulfillment all the time. It's like, it's like the focus of like, now I know exactly how to protect myself from the enemy. So we can pursue the thing to move forward. Okay. I've been coaching entrepreneurs now for 20 years and it's fascinating. Like, um, you know, we give all the entrepreneurs the same training, the same systems, the same processes, everything yet. The people are, there's people who are successful and those who aren't. And the people who are successful are the ones who know how to protect themselves from resistance, right? And so that's why we're starting here. We're not starting with your definite purpose. That's going to be phase number two, right? We're not starting with like, what's the thing you're pursuing? We're starting with like making you aware of the enemy so you can see it, you can protect yourself from it. So that way we can cut that off so you can't pursue and you can't move forward. So that's it, you guys, for module number one of Secrets of Success. I hope you enjoyed it. Go do your homework assignments. Take this stuff seriously because if you do that, it's going to make it so much easier for you to pursue your goals and achieve the things you want to in life. Uh, again, my name is Russell Brunson. I appreciate you as being part of this community. Um, now you've also gone through this, don't leave. Like, click on the thing, come on the community and start commenting. Give us your thoughts, your ideas. Like, let's make this an actual mastermind of amazing people where we can share, we can network, we can help each other to be able to beat the resistance in our lives so we can all accomplish the things we want so we can actually be successful. We can achieve what we want and feel fulfilled, feel fulfilled so we can actually have true success. Thank you guys so much and I'll see you guys on the next training. Bye, everybody.